0: Hello and welcome to the St. James podcast. My name is Mike. I'm the priest at St. James Church in Dundas. This podcast presents a short Bible study each week to help us read our scriptures, understand them a little bit more and respond to how God might speak through them. Just a reminder to anyone listening that you are welcome to check out our website at stjamesdundas.ca. And from there you're going to find links to our Facebook page, YouTube channel, as well as a link to download the weekly service sheet so you can pray along with our live stream service of spiritual communion on Sunday mornings at 9.30am. Before we begin this time, I just want to take a moment to remind us that uh, Bible study takes all sorts of forms. And while the word study can be off-putting, it's really a form of prayer. After reading and reflecting on the words, it can be helpful to respond to those words by writing a prayer, spending time in silent meditation, or making some notes about the things that have struck us, or the new insights we might have gained. Now, Everyone does what they can do in the time they have, and if you don't have time to do that kind of work in the moment, it can be helpful to return to the passage maybe at the end of the day before bed to go back over the words and let the story rest in your heart and mind. Sometimes, just like food, it nurtures our spirits even while we sleep. Our passage today is a little of an odd one, because it seems uh, that a lot happens in it without much detail. So if you have a Bible, you can turn and read along, and if not, just uh, listen along as we read the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 1. Verses twenty nine to thirty nine. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew. With James and John. Now Simon's mother in law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases, and cast out many demons and he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him, and when they found him, they said to him, "'Everyone is searching for you.' He answered, "'Let us go on to the neighbouring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also.' for that is what I came to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. This little passage reads to me like a snapshot into a day of the life of Jesus. These events are sandwiched between, on one side, the casting out of a demon and afterwards the healing of a leper. And in between those more substantial stories, we have these like three little snapshots. In the first, Jesus goes to heal the mother-in-law of Simon Peter. Now, there's a long-standing joke about just how grateful Simon might or might not have been about having his mother-in-law healed. At face value, this story is kind of a one-liner. Jesus heals Simon's mother-in-law and she gets up and serves them. But if we leave it there, we miss a lot. Unfortunately, this is one of those passages where the depth of it is hidden by translation. And For those of us who don't read Greek, a good commentary can help enlighten us. For example, the word for fever in this passage is the same word used later for in death. Similarly, the words for Jesus lifting her up is the same word used in chapter 16 of Mark for Jesus' resurrection from the dead his lifting up in other words in greek this woman was dead which makes this the first resurrection story of the gospels and having been raised the woman undertakes a ministry she serves and it's the same greek word from which we get the word deacon and so in these three almost bullet point actions we get the gospel challenge laid out Jesus will raise us from the death of sin, and we are to serve God in the world. It's kind of brilliant that so much can be compacted into that very simple story. In the middle passage, there is a hectic work to Jesus' ministry. There's a fame that is spreading about the preacher and all that he's accomplishing, and so people start bringing those who are sick or possessed with demons to him, and and he cures many of them. I think it's worth pausing to consider the nature of demons. It's not something we often talk about these days, but it happens throughout the Gospels. On one level, we should be aware that in the past, some illnesses were considered to be the sign of, or being caused by, a demon, by evil. In particular, those diseases that have no obvious cause, such as epilepsy or mental illness. That attitude is not that long ago in our history. And in some ways, the history continues to contribute to the stigma experienced by so many. But lest we dismiss these ancient stories too quickly, I think we also know that evil is real, and that it affects lives. So we could ask ourselves what might healing look like for those who are affected by evil? Is it found perhaps in inclusion, following the evil of prejudice, and exclusion is it found in the experience of being loved when evil has convinced someone they are unlovable is it in the experience of justice when injustice has been committed or is it simply as well a feeling of liberation when we have felt weighed down in our own spirits i do think that christians who don't take evil seriously enough undermine its power in our lives but conversely i'm sure that some christians give evil too much credit because it has been overcome by jesus and if you give it too much credit you actually contribute to its harm in the world the third snapshot in the passage is another we might skip over at our loss because having worked hard having had a day filled with activity and people and God's work, Jesus makes time to spend with God. He gets up early, he goes off to a deserted place to be quiet and to pray. It's like a mini daily retreat into the presence of God. It's a return to the reason Jesus is doing all that he is doing and to the source of his ability to do so. There's a lesson here for our world and our daily living, which as we well know, is largely busy and noisy and demanding uh, and full of stimulation, not necessarily all good stuff. And in recent months, of course, it's been full of changes and fear. There's a clear example from Jesus right here in the Gospels about the need, no matter how important or humble you might be or how busy or in demand you might be, to keep our centre and focus, to keep our roots down, The more stressful things are, the deeper and more rooted those things need to be to sustain us. If the Son of God takes time out to pray and to be rooted, and if he needed it, we can be pretty sure that we do too. One to-do from this reading for us might be to create a time or place in our daily lives where we can be still with God. I'm lucky enough to have enough space in my home to create a space to pray and be still. But... It might simply be using the sun visor in the car. I tuck a few prayers up there so that I can pull that down and take a moment before I drive off somewhere to say a prayer or be still or look at an image of Jesus. Maybe it's a box by your bedside table or the inside of a locker door at work or school or a notebook that you carry in the side of your bag. Creating a space and a reason to find time and be rooted There's a spiritual discipline and practice that enables us to keep living that life, following Jesus and serving God's world. So that's the challenge for the week ahead. And I invite you now to still yourselves as we pray. Holy God, we pray that you would daily raise us from the death of sin to live afresh with you and serve as you came to serve Holy God, give us hands and words that bring healing, and love that drives out evil. Holy God, help us find our strength, our rest, and our refreshment in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me this week. Go safely, stay well, and God bless you.